Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. The Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Amen. Everybody say he hungered. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for your worship tonight. Thank you for being here. And uh, as you can see, we're, we're going to be partaking in communion a little bit later tonight. And, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, but I wanted to take tonight and maybe perhaps next Wednesday night in this time of 20 days of prayer and fasting, I wanted to spend a little bit of time just kind of reminding us about fasting and why and what the purpose of it is. And, uh, I, I remembered, uh, something that I had said, uh, and I couldn't remember how long ago it was. But I had made the reference about that we needed to dethrone King's stomach. And uh, when you're a pastor and you do this three times a week for, you know, a lot of years, things kind of blur together. And so I, heard, I remembered that phrase and I thought, uh, I wonder when the last time I talked about that was. It was 2014. That was a long time ago. Now, I know I've touched on fasting and taught on fasting since then. Uh, but I want to just kind of revisit that a little bit tonight so that we might just kind of see this from maybe a little bit different perspective. There, there's two facts about fasting that we learn from Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry, and that we learn these two things about Jesus, and that was that Jesus fasted. Everybody say, Jesus fasted. Yeah. Really, to be honest with you, uh, I feel like sometimes as a pastor, that should be the end of the lesson. That I should just get up and say, glad you're here. Jesus fasted. And then just be like, thank you. Get connected, stay connected, live connected. Because that really is all I need to know. If, if Jesus fasted, then probably something I should participate in as well. Uh, the other thing that you need to know about Jesus, the second thing is, is that Jesus also got hungry when he fasted. Amen. So he fasted and he got hungry. That, that humanity that we talk about, that, that God in flesh part, right? We just came through the Christmas season and we mentioned a lot about that and talked about Emmanuel a lot and, and, and God uh, with us. And, 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 but we, we have to remember that that was God robed in flesh. And it wasn't a superior flesh. It wasn't some sort of untouchable flesh or a flesh that could not sin or could not be hurt or, or, or anything. We know from the scripture. And so uh, his humanity that he was robed in responded just like ours does. Uh, he was most likely hungry long before the 40 days came to an end. Amen. How many believe that was probably true? Amen. And so uh, as simply as I can say it, when you fast you will be hungry. If you're not hungry, you're doing something wrong. Okay? Amen. You're doing something, we're doing something wrong. So since your brain knows that you're fasting, you're, you're probably going to feel even more hungry than normal. 
because that's what our brain does to us. It's not always our friend. It would be nice if we could say, well, I'm going to fast the next three days, and I'm just going to turn that part of my brain off and not think about food or think about anything. It doesn't work that way. In fact, our brain almost goes into overdrive because what actually is happening is there's a rebellion taking place. There is a rebellion taking place. And your body is rebelling against this decision that you are making. So if you drink coffee or a lot of caffeine, you're probably going to get a little bit of a headache if you go without it. You might get a little shaky. You might get a little weak. Uh, If you don't eat, uh, you're going to get hunger pains in your stomach. You're going to feel that. Uh, you, You might feel a little tired. You might even feel like you get a little bit dizzy. Uh, and if you really just talk to yourself and say, wait a minute, I, I, just, I, I, I ate yesterday. So all of these like all of a sudden, sudden onset symptoms that your body is having, uh, these are not medical conditions. You don't have to run to the doctor or to the ER. These are not things that would preclude you from fasting. You say, well, I would fast, but I, I get shaky. Yes, you will. I would fast, but I get headaches. Yes, you will. There's other things that give people headaches, too. Do we cut all them out of our lives? Oh, well, move on, preacher. All of these things are signs that your body is unhappy about your choice to fast. That's a good thing. That's part of the reason why we fast in the first place. Our flesh being unhappy is usually a good thing for our spirit. Amen. It's usually a good thing. And so our desire is that our bodies would be subject to us and not rulers over us. Amen. That our bodies would be subject to our spirit and not rulers over our spirit. So I want to talk about that a little bit and that that dethroning, uh, uh, if you will, of King's stomach and, and, and getting him or, or her, however you look at your stomach, <laughs> uh, off the throne. Romans chapter 8, we can read verses 5 through 13. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So when you take away this food, and, the, and that craving and that thing that you have to have so much, when you take that away, uh, your mind, which is already on those things, is going to go into overdrive, right? It's going to go into overdrive because it minds the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. I want you to look at this. He says to be carnally minded is death. It's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's a powerful thing that we need to recognize about uh, uh, the spiritual man controlling the physical man. When the physical man is in control, uh, our flesh is in control, that leads to death. But when the spiritual man is in control and it is in power, amen, that it keeps things in its right place. Not only does that bring life into our lives, it also brings peace into our lives. 
So that, you know, that whole thing about that, the, the statement that people eat their feelings, they eat their emotions. You've heard that phrase before. They're like, if they're sad, they eat. If they're happy, they eat. If they're mad, they eat. They eat their emotions. That whole, that's very real. And, there's a, and, and people who don't have peace in their lives are going to struggle with that even more. Amen. And so life and peace, because the carnal man, the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, but neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from our, our it, it dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Somebody say, thank God for that. Amen. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. You say, well, I thought that was only talking about the spiritual. I understand what it's talking about, but I want us to get this idea that there is spirit and flesh. That's what I want us to grasp from that, is that there is spirit and there is flesh. And so uh, when, when there is a battle or if there is a, a disagreement about who is going to be in control, uh, you are going to know that in your life. Amen. And if the, if the flesh is used to being in control, uh, let me say it this way, uh, nothing and no one likes to lose their throne. Anybody who is on the throne wants to stay on the throne. Anybody who is in charge wants to stay in charge, calling the shots. And so our flesh is not, uh, doesn't like to be outranked, if I can say it that way. Our flesh doesn't like to be subjugated. That's why for some people, you can simply say the word submit and they cringe. You just say the word. It's just a word, submit, and they cringe at that word. Submit, I don't like that word, submit. Submission, I don't like that. Well, that's, there's a big, huge sign that tells you the flesh is in control and not the spirit. And so, but he says, if we're full of the spirit, then our flesh should be in subjection to the spirit. And our flesh cannot please God. We are not in debt to our flesh. We don't owe our flesh anything. Our flesh doesn't work for our salvation. Amen. The Spirit of God also de demands or declares that it will not share a throne with our flesh. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They belong to God. Everybody say, I belong to God. That's all of me. That's every part of who I am. I know that we, we are body, soul, and spirit. I understand that. But every aspect of who we are belongs to him. Not just, not, it's just like, well, my eternal soul belongs to God. No, 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 no. Your eternal soul cannot belong to God unless your body and spirit have also been given, subjugated, submitted to God. And so our bodies are to be temples unto one thing only, to one thing, and that's the Holy Ghost. Nothing else should be glorified through our bodies more than God is glorified through our bodies. 
So think about that now. Nothing else should be glorified more than God is with our bodies. So, so there should be nothing else that I get as much pleasure in as I do my God. Amen. Amen. So, so it might look like this. If Sunday morning, uh, some, some random Sunday morning, we're having church and the spirit busts out and it's going long and longer than normal and, and you're sitting there trying to decide, should I stay or go to the restaurant? If there's something inside of you saying, I think I'm going to cut out because I'm hungry, I'm going to go eat, then that might say something to you, right? That might say that there's something that's trying to get glory over God getting glory. Amen. Amen. If, if we're having a time of prayer and fasting and we're inviting people to participate in fasting and you say, I'm not going to participate in fasting. I, I know the church is doing it. I know the body of Christ is unifying together to bring glory to God by fasting, but I'm not going to do that. Well, then you've got to ask yourself, what, what am I glorifying? And God says that nothing else should be glorified more than him. And so fasting is one of the ways, it's not the only way, but it's one of the ways that we crucify, if I can say it that way, that we kick King's stomach off its throne. And if you don't know who King's stomach is, look down and introduce yourself. <laughs> and uh, I promise you this, if you start fasting, you're going to hear a lot more from King's stomach. All of a sudden, he won't shut up. Right? Amen. So all the way back to the beginning, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, Genesis 2, 8 through 9. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That's pretty clear, right? It's not confusing. It's not confusing about what God was wanting from them, what God was commanding. Yet Satan comes and he tries to muddy the waters. And he tries to muddy the waters about what God commanded by appealing to the flesh. And when the woman saw that the tree, Genesis 3, 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So notice, just for this Tonight, for, for this lesson that we're talking about fasting, notice that it wasn't the wisdom that got her attention first. It wasn't the knowledge that she was going to gain. What got her attention first was, is she said, man, that looks good enough to eat. That looks like it would taste good. That looks like it would be pleasant to consume. <laughs> right? Amen. And so with that, they went from peacefully enjoying God's presence 
to hiding fearfully from God amongst the trees. Let me say it this way. They literally ate themselves out of God's provision and plan for their life. They actually ate of it. Right? It's not symbolism. This actually happened. We know that there was power. The tree, had, the tree had special power. It had special stuff connected to it because God had commanded it to be so. But it was, and it was fruit, and they did eat it. And they ate themselves out of God's provision and plan. They ate themselves out of the presence of God. They ate themselves out of the presence of God. So you say, well, how, how in the world can food be that powerful? Well, Food is not. What the power is, is in us. It's what we give the food. It's what we make it. Disobedience is powerful. Right? How many believe obedience is powerful? Right. So obedience is powerful. Disobedience is also powerful. Just to the negative. So disobedience is powerful, and, 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 and not following God's word is a powerful thing. It's against us, but it's powerful. And so it's not the food, it's the activity. It's the activity, the connection between my flesh and the food. Right? It's, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You folks are quieter tonight than, than you've been in a long time. We might, maybe we might just stretch this series out a little ways, I think. Amen. King's stomach caused disobedience, and it separated them from the Lord. That's what it did. Sodom and Gomorrah. We know of Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible. We know about it. Usually people, when they think of Sodom and Gomorrah, they, they think of the, the homosexuality. They think of that. But look what the Lord says in Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. And they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. They were a prideful people. They were full of bread. This, this phrase here has the idea of gluttony in it, of overindulgence in it. They were, they were not a praying people. They were, they were not a giving people. They were, they were a selfish people. They were, they were a people that were full of bread, and, and, and guess what? They were also they were an idle people. Because the truth of the matter is, is if, that, if your life is consumed by food and, 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 and needing food and wanting food and desiring food, there's something that's almost always associated with that type of person. They are also an idle person. Because it's just hard to do a lot of stuff with all that food in there. Right? Because it's hard to really, to really function when, when, you, when you're just pounding sugary stuff and you got this, this high and then poof, the crash. It's hard to do anything when you're sleeping 
because because of the food coma. Amen. Now, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. This this is, I'm not going to go into it deep because it's a whole nother discussion. But I have known people in my life that if you looked at them, you would physically think that they don't miss that many meals. But I know personally that they fast way more than most people I know. So you say, well, how do you explain that? I'm, that's when you get into the science of the body and stuff, and I'm not going down that road. Bodies are different. Body types are different, okay? But I also know people that are thin as a board who eat nonstop. So there you go. Just throwing that out there. So we don't, we don't start making spiritual we don't, we don't start deciding things about people about what we see in the physical, right? We're all on the same page with that. So, so these issues that they were dealing with are, are all connected. And, and, and so uh, look, we, look, remember Esau, uh, Isaac and Rebekah's son, the firstborn male child, okay? He's the firstborn male child. And so he's endowed with the birthright of the father. That's a powerful thing. There's a, there's a, a, a double blessing com, com, uh, connected to it. There's the birthright. There's, there's the right of the name. There's the land, the property, the, the, the homestead, all of that kind of stuff that comes with it that's been earned by generations upon generations passes down to that, that firstborn, all right? And so it ensured that, that he would be set, that he would be taken care of, that he would get uh, uh, all this double portion of Isaac's estate, if you will. And, but what's the problem? Uh, Isaac, his dad, is not dead yet, and Esau got hungry. That's the legitimate, that's the story. His dad's still alive, but he got hungry. Now, he's a hunter who somehow was unable to find anything to eat. Now, that's a whole other Bible study there. Maybe there's some idleness involved. Maybe there's some laziness creeping in. Maybe the devil's messing with them. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. But he comes home to find his brother Jacob about to eat a simple stew. It's not a feast. It's not, it's not some big dinner. The table's not spread. It's a simple little stew that he has made. Jacob is about to eat it. And Esau begs Jacob for the meal. And Jacob, being who he was, a manipulator... He, he strikes a deal to swap the meal for Esau's birthright, which is a, a, a ridiculous thing to even consider in the first place, a completely unfair trade, a monumentally foolish thing for him to do. But King Stomach said, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a good idea. King Stomach ruled the day. Now remember, once again, I'll point out to you, this is actual food. This actually happened. This isn't just illustrative. This actually happened just like this. So we're talking about the power of this kind of stuff. How did Esau feel? This is what we need to understand, and this this may resonate. How did Esau feel after King's stomach had been appeased? Genesis 25, 34. And Jacob gave Esau bread and and the pottage of lentils. 
And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. He hated it. He hated the idea of it now. He got angry about it. But he tried to talk, if anybody tried to talk to him about it, he would get angry. Why? Because King's stomach made him give it up. Because he couldn't control his appetite and his hunger because his flesh was in such control. And it angered him. Because when we lose things, if I can say it this way, when we lose things in the spirit, because of our actions in the flesh, it makes us angry. Not angry at God, not angry at the devil. We're angry at really at ourselves because we let our flesh control us, because we let our flesh dictate how we were going to do what we were going to do. And then we feel shameful and we feel bad. Amen. Amen. And so... King's stomach can, can pull us into some very bad decisions. In fact, King's stomach can pull you into an addiction that is much like any other addiction. It, it, it will be the focus of every decision you make. Until King's stomach is appeased, I have to, I have to do my flesh wants it. My flesh wants it. My flesh wants it. I have to give it what it wants. Amen. Amen. And so we fast. Partly because we have to once in a while remind our flesh, you are not in control. The Spirit is in control. I want to honor God more than I want to honor King's stomach. I want to honor God. I want to glorify God. So sometimes we have to say no. We have to push back. We have to go without. Hebrews 12, 16 through 17. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And so an act of flesh that was literally about food. He was hungry and he wanted food. An act of flesh became a problem in the spirit. Does everybody see that? You see how it's connected? An act of flesh became a problem in the spirit. And so King's stomach can steal things that we may never get back. Oh, hallelujah. As long as something other than the Spirit of God sits on the throne of our lives, we are missing out on the fullness of what God has for us. Now, there's a thousand, multiple thousands of things 
that can sit on the throne of people's lives. But tonight we're talking about food. Is that all right? So just so we're aware, there's a thousand things that people could, could give superiority to God. But tonight we're talking about fasting. We're talking about food. God delivered. I'll make just a couple more points. I just want us to see this. I want us to understand that, that fasting is a spiritual endeavor, but the fact that we're dealing with these physical elements, that pushing away food and doing without food, actual literal food, can have an actual spiritual effect. And if we don't do it, then it can have a negative effect. So let's look at uh, Israel. So 400 years of slavery, miraculously delivered. God's plan is perfect. Every need would be met. He even gives them manna from heaven. Right? Every day that they would need it. One day they would collect double for the, one, the, the day of rest or whatever. But they would, he would give manna from heaven. Manna from heaven. Manna was food so perfectly balanced that when you read the story, you find out that none of this, was, which was a, a large amount of people traveling through an unknown wilderness, none of them are sick or feeble. Everybody's healthy. Think about that. This mass amount of people all moving through a wilderness together. But the food that they're eating is so perfectly designed by God that nobody's getting sick, everybody's fine, everybody's got a, a, a strength for the day, everybody can accomplish what they're supposed to be doing. It satisfied their hunger, strengthened their bodies. But then, the Bible says, they begin to have cravings. Anybody have any cravings? I have my hand up. Anybody have any cravings? Thank you. Appreciate that. They begin to have cravings. Cravings are is King's stomach making his presence known. Okay? Numbers 11, 4 through 6. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said... Who shall give us flesh to eat? We want meat. We want meat. We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. They kind of lost me there for a little bit. But it meant a lot to them. They liked it. They were craving after it. But now, and look at this now. Look at this. This is an outright, this is a lie. But this is what the flesh does. But now our soul is dried away. See the drama? Can you just, can you hear the drama? A little, a little like, it's that like 12-year-old girl drama. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Now I'm getting eye rolls. I'm just kidding. Love you all. You're doing excellent. But it's just... My soul is dried away. Life is horrible. Everything. And they're getting manna from heaven. Food from heaven. 
Because they, but because all of a sudden they're having some cravings about an old life, where, by the way, they seem to have magically forgotten they were slaves. This is what King's stomach does. Oh, it'll be, it'll be better this time. It'll be better. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Eat, eat some more. Go ahead. Eat some more. You're going to feel good. Eat some more. You know you want it. Eat some more. Yeah. It's like, it's that, it's that once, every, like once every six months when McDonald's just says to me, I'm good now. I'm good now. You're going to love it. You won't feel horrible when you're done. You won't be ashamed to look in the mirror after you're done. Come. And I go. And the fries are so good. As long as they're hot. So you eat them fast. Shove it in fast. Don't even taste it. Just, just throw it down your gullet real fast. Get that salt in there. Good. There's plenty of time for shame later. The king's stomach doesn't tell you that. McDonald's doesn't tell you that. It's how it is. Unless you only eat the salads. And if you're eating salads at McDonald's, talk to me after church. There's like so many other better places to get salad. But anyway. There's a, there's a regret. There's a shame. There's a guilt. But it, King's stomach doesn't ever talk about any of that. He doesn't talk about that. He doesn't remind them that they were slaves. He just reminds them about the cucumbers. He doesn't talk about the hot sun, the whips across their back, the chains. He doesn't talk about that. He just says, do you remember the, the fish? So they have food from heaven. But King Stomach made them discontent and dissatisfied with God's provision. Think about that. Do you hear me? Actual food, a problem that they were having with literal food, made them discontent with God. So it angered God. But you might, that seems kind of right, doesn't it? He's giving them food from heaven. Angels are making food. There's a kitchen. I'm making this up now, but think about it. And he's sending this food down for them from the heavens. And they're going outside and they're putting it in. They're using it. And so he gets angry. And so he says, fine. You want food? You want meat? Fine. Numbers 11, 18 through 20. And say thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and you shall eat flesh, you shall eat meat. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Notice how he says that? He says, you wept, saying, who will give us flesh to eat? And you're saying that it was better in Egypt. It didn't, it didn't, God didn't miss that part of it. He didn't miss the part that a people that had, that he found in slavery and miraculously delivered and wiped out the armies that pursued them, crossing a Red Sea, water from a rock, manna from heaven, health and goodness, are now saying, oh, it's better in Egypt. He didn't miss that. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh, and you shall eat. 
You shall not eat one day or two days or five days or ten days. <laughs> Just, you know, God is not human, but sometimes it seems like he is a little bit, right? This sounds like something I would do. You want meat? You want flesh? Fine. You're not going to have it for a day. You're not going to have it for two days. You're not going to have it for five days. You're not going to have it for 10 days. You're not going to have it for 20 days. But even a whole month until it come out at your nostrils and it be loathsome to you. Until you eat it so much that it's coming out of you. Until you eat it so much that you're so sick of it, you can't even keep it in anymore. And you hate the thought of eating one more bite of flesh. One more bite of meat. It's loathsome to you. Why was God doing that? Because that ye have despised the Lord, which is among you. And you have wept before him, saying, why came we forth out of Egypt? King's stomach will have you eating, hear me now, until it damages you. King's stomach won't stop until it destroys you, until it destroys your relationship with God. The whole point of this lesson tonight is to get us to understand through these several biblical stories that actual food can be a spiritual problem depending on who's on the throne. In Numbers 11.33, God goes even a step further. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people and the Lord smote the people with a very great plague, and he called the name of that place Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people that lusted. Kibroth Hatava, the graves of the lusters, that's what it means. They ate themselves to death in the desert and missed the promised land. This all started with food. Everybody, I, I just got to make sure we're getting it. See, a lot of this kind of stuff in the Bible, we, just, we tend to spiritualize everything in the Bible and make everything about the, about the spirit world, but we don't understand that, that there's, this is connected to their flesh and our activity. This all started with food. I wish we had meat. I wish we had this. I wish we had that. I'm hungry. I'm craving this. I need it. I want it. And my flesh wants it so much that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say things that aren't true. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say things about God that are not real. And I'm going to act in ways that are not pleasing to God. Amen. It died. Never made it to the promised land. We need to understand that one of the things that is important and one of the reasons why we fast is because actual food can be a problem. Now, if you're waiting on me to say, okay, put up the slide of the good food 
and put up a slide of the bad food. I'm not going to do that. If you're waiting for me to come up with some sort of list about these are the things that are good, these are the things that are bad, I'm not going to do that. Because we're not talking about the food in its essence. We're talking about the food's effect on us. We're talking about King's stomach and its power that it has in our lives. And fasting, this is one element of fasting. We'll talk about more later, but this is one element of fasting where we need to understand the power that food can have and how we need to make sure that God is on the throne and that our spiritual man is in charge and not our physical. So we fight back against King's stomach with fasting. I'll leave you with this, and then we'll move into communion quickly here. We began tonight with Luke chapter 4, 1 and 2. That was showing us Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, right? And it says, uh, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, verse 2, 40 days tempted, he did eat nothing. When they ended, he afterward hungered. That's where we began. We also know John 19. Look at John 19, 28. This is Jesus on the cross. This is the, so Luke 4 was the beginning of his ministry. This is now towards the end of it, almost the end of his ministry. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. So some of you already know where I'm going with this. So at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he hungered. At the very end of Jesus' ministry, he said, I thirst. And Matthew 5 and 6 says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Isn't that powerful? For they shall be filled. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.